Thompson. On the show today, we're talking with Joseph Hickton from Barford & Thompson, who started off as a property management cadet. In less than a year, he's now looking after new business. Let's find out how here on Property Matters. Welcome along to another Monday. Thanks for tuning in, either live here on Planet FM, or of course you can download our podcast wherever you like to listen. Find us on Spotify, Apple and Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or pretty much everywhere. And thank you to Feedspot who have been putting out all our podcasts as well in the last little while. Now, I'm delighted this week to welcome Joseph Hickton from Barfoot and Thompson Milford to the show today. Um, welcome along, Joseph. Thanks, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. It's great to have you here. And it's a little bit of a unique story we're going to talk about tonight because you're very young and already you've had quite a career move. So we're going to unpack that over the next 40 minutes or so. Now, you're currently property manager or business development manager for the Milford branch of Barfoot & Thompson. But this is a recent appointment, so I'm keen to unpack your journey so far. Now, before we even talk real estate, take us back. What were you doing before you ventured into real estate? All right. So the year is 2019. I am 18 years old and completely delusional with what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> um, I was thinking about going to Australia, actually, to go to a Bible college, um, but that changed. I ended up uh, deciding to study real estate here in New Zealand do an internship with my church while doing part-time work at Michael Hill as a salesperson. So I was um, extremely unbusy to extremely busy in such a short amount of time. And then COVID happened. And unfortunately, due to my time at Michael Hill, I was not there long enough to retain my job there. So I became jobless. Uh, following that, I picked up a job at uh, Frank's, which is a bar slash cafe in Takapuna. And I was a waiter there for six months. And then I left that role to work on set for a production, uh, doing a minor stunt work out, out west. Following that, I decided that stunts is a very difficult career to <laughs> pursue it's highly competitive and you have to train all the time let alone highly dangerous come on surely, yeah surely. exactly yeah, yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> very dangerous so um my friend's father uh pointed me to a job at um selling concrete so i was doing that for about two years and then i decided it's time for a career change. It's time for me to step into what I studied two years ago. So I walked into uh, a branch and I spoke with the manager there and she said, Joseph, call this number and, and talk to the person who runs the property management training center. And then a week or two after that, I had an interview and then I quit my job at um, the company I was working for and then I got married and then after I got married I stepped into my real estate career at the property management centre and since then it's just been absolutely a blast. Wow, what a few years. Throw a, throw a wedding in the mix as yeah. well. <laughs> um, what is it about real estate and property management that appealed to you so much? Well, ever since I was a young young kid I've always loved people and always had a passion for people and always wanted to help people so I guess real estate 
I guess, as a career where you can middleman somebody in the most amazing transaction of their lives. And I guess to be a part of that, plugging in the vendor with the client and, and negotiating and, and seeing everybody happy or even cry at the end. In a good way, I mean cry. Uh, that is that is just such an amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah, It's quite cool. I hadn't thought of that in that way, being the middleman, because you are, I guess, you're between owners and tenants or purchasers and uh, the seller and the buyer, you know, you are, real estate is in the middle. That's quite an interesting approach to it. So you mentioned that you joined the Training Academy. Can you tell our listeners what exactly is that? The Training Academy is your foot in the door into a property management career at Barfoot and Thompson. Now, it's a bit ironic because... If you're wanting to be a property manager, you can only become a property manager if you do property management. So then Barford and Thompson came up with this genius idea to create a training center, which is in fact a real life property management simulator, which operates as its own branch to give the trainee the most in-depth perspective with all the highs and all the lows of such an amazing career. Is this a paid position? It is a paid position. That is, yes, it is a paid position. And that really helps and supports Mm. people that are wanting to, I guess, do a job or career and not have to worry about paying money themselves. The company actually will pay you to learn and and develop those skills, which is really great. That's a real investment in a person, isn't it? Definitely. Mm. So what does a typical day in the training academy look like? Take us back a few months. You've rocked on up on a Monday morning. What does that look like? It looks like different every single day. (laughs) It can either be very stressful and you could be having a, um, you could be woken up in the night thinking, oh my goodness, what is going to, have I forgotten to do something about this tenant or that? (laughs) Or it could be a very relaxing day where you start off and you walk into the office, you check, make sure everybody's paid their rent on time. You check your emails, make sure everything's in line. And then you set up your day, whether that be conducting inspections or setting up viewings. And then you make your way around and you meet new people and say hi. And and the goal is, I guess, to put the right tenants in the homes that landlords untrust unto you. Yeah, because you're a young person for a landlord to trust their sort of million-dollar-plus investment to. So I guess getting that right tenant is a good way to prove yourself. What sort of things do you do as a company and yourself to make sure you've got the right tenant for a property? Well, we conduct a credit check, which is extremely comprehensive. It's quite detailed and and how much it goes into a person's life and their history over, let's say, five to seven years, depending on how active their portfolio has been and depending on age. And doing this gives me an understanding of of the tenant. Now, what I will say, here's a really awesome tip and trick. If you are a tenant and you are looking to secure your dream property, a rental reference will get you over the line regardless because a reference is extremely key and important for helping somebody who's only met you for a glance Mm. or only once trust you in such a short amount of time. And when you say rental reference, you're meaning from like a current landlord? The best reference is from a current landlord or their property manager definitely those are very important cool so over the six months what sort of training did you cover in the training academy 
I think I went through everything. The only thing that I didn't do in the training academy was actually go to a tribunal case. The things that I covered were everything from rental arrears to maintenance to learning all the systems that our company uses to ensure that we run a tight ship that's on schedule, uh, learning everything, how to manage my time, how to book in meetings, what to say yes to, what to say no to. Do you cover the legal aspects as well? Definitely. Of course, I cannot give legal advice, but I learnt enough to be able to give an opinion on what tenants and landlords can and can't do. Nice. Do you think the Training Academy is a valuable way into the industry, especially for someone at your young age? Hands down, it is definitely, in my opinion, the best thing that you could do at my young age, but I don't think it's also designed for people that are in their early to late 20s. You can be probably any age, Mm. and if you're wanting a step and changing career into a path that is quite fulfilling for those who desire it, I don't think age is... um, as a num as a number in this case, no, but you yeah. found the process dis- definitely sort of set you up for success. Definitely, you're surrounded by really good people there, and they all they want to do is see you succeed and grow and become better in your role, and not only that, but a better person too. Brilliant. So, what was your biggest learning curve during your time at the academy? What was something that perhaps surprised you or a challenge you had to overcome or something that you go, Ooh, I wasn't ready for that? My whole life, I always knew that I had a, a mouth that needed to be tamed. <laughs> and, um, You're and very calm here today, <laughs> Joseph. I would never believe that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So... I guess in that I, when we're put under stress, our mouth can move in places that we don't realize it moving in. (laughs) And my most valuable lesson that I was taught at the support center was refining what I already thought I knew. And that is the way I speak to people, the way I approach things, and to talk to people where they're at. Because in school, all my friends are extremely passionate and loud. So when Mm -hmm. I communicate, it's going to be extremely passionate Mm. and loud. And I guess coming into an environment where you're meeting people so different all across our city, I had to learn that with some people, you cannot be super intense and super enthusiastic because they may not listen or would just want to receive it at such a level so learning to shut my mouth and just listen and nod my head was the best and biggest lesson that I learned. Brilliant brilliant so what sort of person do you think makes a good property manager if someone's listening to this thinking I'm ready for a career change do I tick the boxes what do you reckon makes a good property manager? The first attribute I believe a great property manager has to have is determination. They also need to be kind. Those can be quite contradictory in a sense, Mm -hmm. but you need to have a drive to be able to see that the work is done as it is. It's like a flood. It will keep on coming. The work doesn't stop. There's always something 
to do and if you say there isn't something to do <laughs> no that is definitely not the case have you checked off your rent reviews all these sorts of things right. there's always a plug that needs to be filled so somebody who is kind and determined I say kind but also strong at the same time I feel like you need to have a sense of, of justice as well because at the end of the day as a property manager I'm not working for the tenant I'm being employed by the landlord to serve their investment and to manage it in the best way possible for the landlord. So sometimes, unfortunately, we have to be strong because, mm. no, I'm really sorry. You cannot do that to the home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm guessing building a good relationship with the tenant will make your job easier as well. I can completely testify and agree to that. Building a good relationship with your tenant definitely makes my job a lot easier because if I don't know the tenant, I may be beating around the bush and quite nervous how to approach. But if I have already established that relationship with the tenant, it's very easy to be um, frank with them and say, hey, really sorry, da-da-da, but hey, can we please do this next time? Or hey, can we please um, not pay part payments in a week? Can we please for next week? please try to do it in one these are just some examples yeah so what part of property management do you like the most what's the bit that makes you tick I love meeting people and I love meeting new people and I love helping people regardless of what industry it is specifically in this industry there's something really satisfying about helping the landlord but also the tenant in the case where I can help the tenant it's extremely rewarding and there's not many industries that that give you the opportunity to do that. Mm. Homes are so important to people. Homes are where dreams are created. Homes are where families are created. Homes are where 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 future can be created. And and to I guess almost hold the public strings to that and be able to orchestrate it so that everybody's happy is just it's really awesome. That's so cool. I love that. Homes are where dreams and people are created. Sure are. Um, (laughs) So you ended your (coughs) training period at the Training Academy and then you have been placed in the Milford branch. So tell me about your role there. At the Milford branch, I am... I have joined that team as a business development and property manager. So I currently hold a small portfolio between 30 and 35 properties. And a usual property manager will have between 80 and 120, depending on the workload. Uh, But for me, my focus is new business. So I'm going to be doing a lot of cold calling. I'm going to be doing a lot of door knocking and, and trying to find new business where I can and inviting my potential clients the landlords out for coffee and sitting down with them and talking with them about life and also what Barford and Thompson's property management service can do for them and how it can serve them and be best for their investment. That's my role, onboarding new clientele. Nice. Was it different than you expected going into the branch? Like, what was it like leaving? I I imagine you've left the safety of a training environment and lots of people helping you to suddenly bang, you've got to prove yourself. What was that like? The change from the training academy to the branch wasn't as drastic as what maybe I thought or what it was made out to be, but slowly over time I can see that even though the training academy is 
always there for me in terms of relationally if I have any questions or problems that pop up that whole of I have a thought now I want to speak that's gone which is probably a good thing because it's <laughs> helped me <laughs> uh, to grow as a person and to think my problems out before I maybe ask questions and become more active on that so yeah sounds like you've done a lot of growing up in a short time too I think so. Yeah. Being married has definitely, definitely helped me grow up. You know, it's not just uh, for those who are married. No, if you got married young, you're not just lounging around at your parents' <laughs> house anymore. Now I'm thinking about dishes and taking the bins out and doing... <laughs> and these things have now become normal things. And then, I guess, being at the branch as well and at the training academy people around me out loud I allowed people to speak into my life and and refine me in areas where I may needed improvement on so I guess that that helped me mature up a little bit in the way Mm. I think and speak good on you for allowing that though some people wouldn't I mean we meet quite a few young people we meet quite a few employers on the show who do struggle with young people and that attitude of you know I know the right way of doing it. Sounds like you've been quite open to learn. So now here's the ultimate test then. Training Academy's gone now. You're in Milford. So tell me about the area of Milford and in fact the North Shore. Why is it a good area for investors to purchase in? The North Shore feels like its own little isolated part of Auckland. Growing up in South Auckland and now relocated to Central Auckland, the North Shore feels very different to the rest of Auckland from lifestyle to even the way people interact with you. It's extremely different. I feel like in <laughs> in Auckland, in central southwest Auckland, it's quite, um, it's got that whole hustle and bustle nature to it. Everybody wants things done fast and quick. But all the people I've met in the North Shore, most of them, it's everything seems more methodical and thought out and everybody's a bit more reserved, which is a good thing in a way. So how does that help as an investor? Why should I purchase on the shore versus somewhere else? Do I need methodical tenants? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. Investing on the shore, where I was going with that is the the North Shore feels like its own little paradise, depending where you buy. And it's really nice and it's quite beautiful. You're surrounded with beautiful people, beautiful beaches and beautiful cafes and having a home there over the long time you could see a high potential in capital gains increase over the long term and also getting to know the area two bedroom brick and tile units in the area of Milford that I'm in at the moment really 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 popular a lot of people are wanting these places for um, school but also to have that beach community cafe locale lifestyle it really can suit people that desire that kind of life and it can be very rewarding. Cool. Okay, all right, you're starting to sell me. So um, part of your role you mentioned is property management of a small portfolio. The other part is business development. So for someone listening, what does that mean, business development? Business development means that I am essentially... My role is to grow the business and develop it so I am 
trying to develop sales strategies, developing my pitch, how and who I go to and the approaches that I take. And in that, I guess, fine-tuning and summarizing all about the company and myself and what I will offer that potential client. So it's all about going into the sea and going fishing and bringing the fish back. Okay, all right. So why then should I trust my fish, my big million-dollar investment, to you personally? From a personal note, I would consider honesty a very important factor of what I do, and, and real estate can have that I guess image that there are a lot of dishonest people. Now I can't speak for dishonest people, but me personally, I will serve my landlord in an honest way where I will be frank with them and I will listen to them and try my best to make sure that they win with their investment property, making sure the maintenance is kept up to date, making sure that I put in the best tenants for their home, making sure that rent is paid on time, all these sorts of things. So why do you think people should get their property managed? You know, everyone's watching their their dollars and cents at the moment. Why should we lose a little bit of week to have it managed by someone such as yourself? I think as an investor, having a property manager or investment manager, depending how you like to look at it, is extremely important because the money you spend on your investment determines how much your investment's going to be worth. And if you don't spend money, you can't make money. But why would you put that with a person? Now, putting that with this person is going to ensure that you don't have to work at all. You're not spending your nights up until 1am having a look on YouTube on tips and tricks on how to make my rental property more valuable. You're not wasting your time potentially arguing with your wife about the rental price that you're going to have for your property. You're not going to be wasting your time going through the really technical nitty gritty things to make sure that your property is in the best place. And usually property investors, if you're a property investor, it means that you have done quite well financially and that you know how to use money and spend money correct so in that putting that money into somebody or a company to manage that for you will truly alleviate you to do what you need to do because maybe you've got a career or maybe you're a director or you could be anything and be a property investor but your focus is not your investment but for me my focus is your investment Nice. Do you team up with your salespeople in your branch as well? Like if someone's looking to purchase, you mentioned, you know, two bedrooms are going really well. Could I come into you and go, hey, team me up with someone. I need appraisals. I need to look at properties. Definitely. I have built a good relationship with a few of the salespeople at my branch. Um, a cool example is one of our sales agents went door knocking and turns out the guy didn't want to sell, but he actually wanted his property rented out and needed help with that so I came in there and and had a look and and went through with him and now if he ever was to sell or want an appraisal then I could team up with the sales agent and say hi do you want to go back and nice so these sorts of things yeah the the branch definitely has a very communal feel and everybody is working together to achieve the same goal which I believe is helping people achieve their goals awesome you mentioned two bedrooms are really popular 
what other things do you find tenants looking ask for? Like, is it still the garage, the dishwasher, that's close to a good school? I mean, is it pretty factory standard what they're looking for? Yes, it is factory standard what they're looking for, but new things now is heat pumps and mm. more comfort. I think people desire more comfort now more than ever because we've had a very uncomfortable Rocky for years. Yeah, it's been crazy for some actually with from COVID to the flooding and it's mm. it's been quite ballistic and I think tenants now, they're wanting a place with comfort knowing that it's not in a flood flooded area right. they want to know that they are getting a fixed term they are wanting to know that they've that they will have heating and make sure that their home is in a really good condition they don't want asbestos or anything else like this in their investment property that they're going to rent so yeah m- much more the same as the mundane things dishwasher and that yeah. but there's also I think new bits of salt on the side. Is security becoming a bigger thing as well? And, um, you know, is that perhaps a plus on the shore? Is it about feeling safe and secure in the suburb or the setup? We're seeing more and more adverts go up and it says, you know, fully gated community or the property's got, you know, external entrance, internal entrance, sorry. Is that something that you've come across or not so much? I haven't come across it so much, but I feel that if in Auckland in the past four years in our crazy time we've seen crime rise in terms mm. of break-ins and so if you've been a victim to that which is really unfortunate and I'm sorry to hear that you know people have gone through that you would be desiring mm. these things mm. like fully gated communities uh, maybe it's a nice home with a CCTV set up these sorts of things yes but in the shore, I have not personally mm, bumped okay. into that too much. So thinking about you now as a person, what are your long-term goals? If I interview Joseph back here in five or ten years' time, what will you be telling me? I would love to be a CEO. <laughs> yeah? I would love to be a CEO or I'd love to be, I guess, let's look realistically, I'd love the skills to be a CEO rather than be a CEO. Mm. I would love to, I guess... Uh, lead people to see the best in their potential. For example, in my mind of thinking, if I was only making, let's say, 90000 a year, but my team around me were making 500 to a million a year, I would be way more thrilled than if it was the other way around. I would be so excited nice. that I guess my leadership and my influence could um, help others to exceed beyond their dreams. Yeah, okay. So. So, so what sort of tools in your toolbox do you need to achieve these goals? Discipline. Yep. You need to be an extremely disciplined person to achieve those goals. You need to do the things you don't want to do, like maybe read books, listen to podcasts, uh, surround yourselves with um, people that are in these circles as well. I think those are the key things. And everybody has, a, I guess, a race or a marathon set out for them. And I guess staying in your lane and not comparing and looking mm. at other people will help you also achieve your goals too. And sometimes you can get a bit insecure and look yeah. around and going, hey, they're my age and they're doing that or, yeah. you know, these sorts of things can hinder us and stop us. But no, everybody's got their own race to run. I don't think that changes as you get older. You know, we've all got to learn to sometimes stay in our lanes or look outside our lanes and see where we're at in the the picture but not be put off by it. Um, On our show, you know, we often talk about leadership. In your short time in employment, what do you think makes a good leader? 
a good leader, what makes somebody a good leader is to be a good learner. A good leader is a good communicator. A good leader is a good listener. For me, those are some things that are very important. And as a leader, you would know that you deal with a lot of people. And sometimes it's very difficult to relate with people that are going through things you wouldn't even think are possible. You will meet people and deal with people and and lead people from all walks of life. So being um, strong in your convictions and being a good listener and being determined to keep growing that you can help and assist those around you rise up and do better, I think that is so important. That's cool. Who inspires you or has inspired you along the way? The biggest things for me, number one, is probably Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is um, one of my big inspirations. Um, you know, the whole idea of like love others as you love yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, and um, the last will be the first and the first will be the last. And that whole idea of servant leadership, not only in, in the Christendom world is that big, but also we're seeing that now translate in our business world that mm-hmm. leaders to be an effective leader you need to be effective at serving those around you because it's not about you it's about your team because when the team's strong you are strong as a leader uh, number two is my wife <laughs> she's been very inspirational to me is she listening tonight I think so I hope she's listening to me now <laughs> um, no she's been really awesome to me and and sh- she sees the best in me and pushes me towards my purpose and I think that's been really amazing and she's extremely hardworking, and that is inspiring to see because she set a very high standard so and it inspires me to to reach my standard if that makes sense mm. and number three people that inspire me the most are people that look for the gold in the mud when people put aside the outer appearance and look I guess, into the heart mm. of what a person is and what they do and look at what the potential is of a person, that is extremely inspiring because I guess people have done that to me in my life and looked for the gold in the mud because everybody has mm. a little bit of mud in their lives and for people to see past that and see the best in people, I think that is extremely inspiring. Nice answer. Cool, love it. Um If you could go back and talk to your 16-year-old self, knowing what you know now in this journey, what would you say to them? (laughs) That is a great question. I would tell my 16-year-old self to not do the dumb things that I did. Say, no, you shouldn't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. I did a lot of very silly things in high school. I was not the best and... Nobody actually believed in me except for probably one teacher, which um, I guess maybe two teachers that, you know, encouraged me to keep going. So I would, yeah, I would tell my 16-year-old self to not be dumb. Don't think you know it all. Don't think you're the man. Don't think you're cool. Don't think any of these things. Think of yourself as somebody who needs to grow and to love people and to listen to people. Yeah. I got in a lot of trouble in school, Stephen. Of, <laughs> I, yeah, I said a lot of crazy, stupid things. But now... It's that mouth again. You talked about mouth. it a few times. Yes, yeah. it's that big mouth, but <laughs> we're learning and we learn from our mistakes. Nice, nice. 
you know, I've, you've kind of covered it in some of my questions, but, you know, you are a young person. How will you prove, I guess, through your actions or um, prove through time to an investor that it's worth taking a punt on someone so young to look after their investment property? I'm going to talk about something. It's tall poppy syndrome. Mm. It's very, 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 very prevalent in New Zealand. We find that, or what I've found is because of somebody's age, that eliminates the chance to give them a chance, which is quite sad for lots of young people who are extremely driven, and if not maybe more driven than people people who have been in the role for a certain amount of time that aren't passionate about their role anymore. That's why when we look at America, we see a lot of young people that are extremely successful in what they do. You know, the CEO of Tag Heuer, the watch company, mm. I think he was appointed the CEO at 25 years of age and he took the company from zero to 100 again after it had already been done. So for me personally, I feel like I'm an extremely passionate, determined person and I would go to beyond most measures to ensure that my client is satisfied because I want I want my client to be happy. I want their their expectation of me to be exceeded and most of all I want them to know that that they can trust me and that I'm not in it for me I'm in it for them so that's what I'd say to people mm. that that are that are hesitant saying hey let's put away age a have I done my training tick yes b I've only been here a short amount of time but in a short amount of time I'm willing to learn to make me ahead of the game if that makes sense yeah See, give me a chance. If you're not happy with what you're getting, no worries. We can cut cords and you can find somebody else. But if you're wanting somebody who is going to do that extra mile, I would love to serve you in that way. And you've got a team, obviously, in the branch that wrap around and support you and I guess lots of experience in that team. Yes, Stephen, we've got a lot of experience in our team and um, if my client thinks I'm good at what I do, that's very nice, but I can tell my client I'm only, you, you only see me as good at what I do is because I'm surrounded by people who are better than me at what I do, who support me to serve that person. So I think I'm surrounded with an excellent team that are very um, driven, very kind, very caring, and I guess want the best for their investment managers too. So there's been times where I've wanted to do things to an incline of what may be desired, and um, my team has supported me in that and said, hey, no, Joseph, let's let's do it this way. Let's, let's approach it in a more kind and methodical way rather than gun-ho, guns blazing, <laughs> go get them. <laughs> now, your team is led by someone from the Barfoot family, Henry Barfoot. Yes. Does that add an extra pressure on you for, um, you know, your own career journey? You've got, you know, this guy you must impress. He's part of the family. Or is that a good thing? It's an everything thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting him on the spot here, poor bugger. You know, coming into the brunch initially, yes. It was like, oh, goodness, Barfoot family member. But then later over time, you know, we just realised that people are people. And, yeah, I guess I 
don't see myself as needing to prove myself or strive to get the attention of somebody because when you do that usually it doesn't work in the mm. first place so initially it's like oh best behavior but it's like no just be yourself and work hard at what you do and yeah so yes even though that one of the family members is my boss I don't think about it too much or see it as that or oh, I have to do this because if I do this and behave in this way or speak this way to my manager then maybe no I think if I keep running my race keep working hard I will get to the place where I need to be nice so if someone is listening today thinking hey I'd like to start this journey like Joseph start the training academy work my way to a branch and they apply I believe they can jump onto careers.barfoot.co.nz and there's ads up now for the training academy so you can find out all about it what advice would you give them for sort of coming in like the interview process etc how should they prepare themselves for the start of this journey Number one thing I would say to people that want to get into real estate, please do not get into real estate for the idea that you're going to get money. If you come into the career of real estate thinking I'm doing real estate because of money, you've actually come to the wrong place because real estate is not about money. Real estate is about people and the people that are making a lot of money, they're in that place because they initially came into it thinking about mm. people interesting so that would be my number one thing to say because in a short amount of time you'll be very disappointed because there's not like money's thrown on you when you get into real estate no you have to work hard you have to develop a clientele you have to really grow and show that you are extremely good at what you do then once only then once you do that because you love people and love the industry then money may may come it not will come it may come so if you are passionate about people and if you are wanting to help people i guess real estate could be a career for you preparing for that interview don't be scared be yourself because in a very short amount of time the realness will be revealed and then the people that employed you will i guess be able to discern and know if you're in it to win it or if you're in it for you beautiful nicely said Joseph and as I said you can head to careers.barfoot.co.nz to find out about the training academy they are looking for some new recruits at the moment so jump on and have a look Joseph we've got less than a minute you've got to do your sales pitch now how can people get in touch with you if they want to entrust their investment to you anywhere on the shore your time starts now awesome if you're on the north shore jump on the internet and Google Barford and Thompson Milford, find my name or anybody else on the team, click on us and give us a call. I would love to take you out for coffee and, and talk about your investment property. And if you're disappointed with your current investment company, have a talk with me as well. We can, we can talk about the issues that you may be having. And then if you're just wanting to talk about random things like tenancy <laughs> issues I'm happy to help as well I'd love to to serve anybody in any way that I can in regards to real estate so yeah awesome I love that random issues just come and have a chat with Joseph he's a great person to talk to you got it hey um, congratulations you've done a lot in a very short space of time I'm excited to see where the next few years take you um, we'll catch up again in the future I'm sure um, but all the best head to barfoot.co.nz forward slash Milford for all the details thanks so much Joseph thank you Stephen thanks for tuning in remember you can find all of our podcasts up on Spotify Apple Samsung or wherever you like to get your podcast 
us. If you'd like to come on the show or you've got a question to ask, email us, propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz. Have a fabulous week. Drive safe. Take care.